0: Welcome to weekday worship. Hey, here we
1: are. In the house. Yes. In a very warm You think studio. it's very warm. I don't I feel fine. But I think it's I think it's because you just got through exercising. I did. So did you not just get through hard. exercising? I, I exercised before the crack of dawn oh so what time were you up what to. time are you crossfitting this morning seven o'clock
0: seven o'clock the seven a.m class is that on location somewhere or is yes. that like i don't it's know a location. park is that like in the parking lot is no, that I, I go to a is class that on the roof somewhere. of your apartment building i know you're cross- crazy like that. Enough.
1: the class setting is helpful because i get to just show up
0: so, so you show up, up and somebody just, tells you the workout there, there's a
1: wor- workout on the board there's a coach you want to give a plug to your gym Mad Mayor CrossFit and John's mm, Creek. I'm sorry, what? Mad Mayor. Mad Mayor, M A R E like the horse.
0: Okay, not like the underneath the governor, the mayor of the city. <laughs> not no, nothing like that. No. Okay.
1: Mayor Mad Mayor. Mad Mayor CrossFit. What's he mad about? I don't know. It just it's a ferocious name for Yeah, that for sounds horse. ferocious. But,
0: so that's where you do CrossFit. Yeah. I do I do my workouts at the uh, Young Men's Christian Association.
1: Not just any workouts. <laughs> what have you been doing?
0: I do. I do my swimming.
1: <laughs> He's a swimmer. That's right. You, you do uh, your uh, artistic dives. Are you a diver? I'm not a synchronized swimmer. <laughs> a <singular. laughs> what do you call that? What do you call a person who does like the flips and stuff, like from the high dive things? I think a diver. Just divers. <laughs> I don't know if there's. I'm serious. I don't know if there's like a big name. Di- for well, there's that.
0: platform diving and then there's diving. Okay. So I think diving is off the regular springboard, yeah, and then yeah. the I'm platform gonna... diving is off that really high thing.
1: When I think of springboards, I'm thinking like summer belly flops you know i'm oh, talking that, about i'm talking about, get, about the so high it, have i
0: ever told you the story of when i was like let's see this would have been summer of let's go back in time a little, a little story of james's childhood <laughs> uh so we uh it would have been 90 mm, i think it was 92 okay um no it would have been before that anyway i was probably like 10 okay so we were doing a trip um as i recall i uh, up the East Coast, uh, mm-hmm. us and another family for a from road our trip. Church. Yeah, road trip. Uh, and this like, was like the Chevy a Chevy
1: Chase movie, <laughs> <the> Vacation. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> the Chevy Chase movie. Adam's rolling over right now. He can't believe you didn't know the name of Vacation.
1: Is it um, National Lampoon's? National Lampoon's v- vacation, vacation, Christmas
0: yeah. Vacation. Yes. Yeah, there's a number of them. European Vacation. Uh-huh. Um, no, so we're driving up the East Coast. Uh, I think we went all the way to Maine. We did this with another family. Wow. You know, we would stay a day or two in different cities and. Then go on to the next thing. Hotels or camping? Um, so a little of
1: both. Okay.
0: Uh, so this was, I believe, at a campground. And uh, within this campground, there was like a public swimming pool. Like um, mm-hmm. uh, think uh, Sandlot style. Yes. Uh, not Sandlot, like playing on the Sandlot. The movie Sandlot with mm-hmm. Wendy Peppercorn yes, and yes, yes. the lifeguard and everything. So there's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a lifeguard who was um, overseeing at this campground uh, swimming pool. We, we all go, and there's a whole bunch of kids. In my mind, I'm thinking 40, 50. You know, who knows my memory mm-hmm. from, you know, 30 years ago. So uh, so they have a high dive. So it's not a platform dive in the sense of the Olympic platform. Yeah, it was yeah. you, you remember the pools that used to have, like, the low regular saw yes. and then the high one. Yes. So uh, so they had a high dive, and they did a... The, the lifeguard calls for a belly flop contest <laughs> off the high dive. This is a different time. That is... Like, I realize in retrospect, this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. entertainer and a it. safety operator. So we've got... Kid, everybody's out of the pool. And here's the prize. You ready for uh-huh. it? A Coke. <laughs> there was a Coke machine on the premises. Wow. The lifeguard offered to buy a Coke to the winner. Wow. But you had to have a legit belly flop. So Jeez. it wasn't like... The best one of everybody going once. It was uh-huh. like no, it had
1: to be a real belly flop. Okay, well you couldn't chicken out. Like you can. So like, so yeah. So the line
0: is the lines like off the ladder. Everybody, you know, the ladders filled up. Like uh-huh. you got all the kids in the whole and pool. And lifeguard
1: or, is is Lord here. Like, <laughs> like 100%. One
0: judge. Yeah, <laughs> one judge. That's right. And uh, so, kids, everybody's jumping up, and, you know, you, you kind of lay out, and then everybody's bailing at the last second, right? Oh, like, nobody's yeah. holding it. Like, everybody's okay. – well, I, we go several times through, probably three four times through. Uh-huh. Well, yours truly <laughs> finally mans wow. up as the dumb 11-year-old or 10-year-old, whatever, for a Coke of Courageous. all things. Mom didn't give me much caffeine or soda at the time, mm. so it was a real treat. Yeah. So I hold, like, perfect flying squirrel form, like, land that <laughs> belly flop. Like, I mean, my, my – belly i was
1: bawling oh my god but i got to drink and that the crowd, went oh, wild. The crowd
0: went wild i don't know if they went wild i was probably crying too loud it would hurt so bad that's like 18 and, year old uh,
1: lifeguard just got a yeah that same
0: girl i think is or guy or whoever i think there was a couple of they're still telling the story today about that idiot kid wow. who actually did the belly flop i'm sure
1: that's your claim to american summer fame yeah there right it is there.
0: uh how did we get on
1: that that you're a swimmer now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, you do CrossFit at the Mad Mare Gym. Yes. I do some. I, I swim some laps at a uh, backstroke. The butterfly. YMCA. I am uh, uh, freestyle only. <laughs> freestyle only. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that sophisticated of a swimmer. He's and, working uh, up. He's
1: going to uh, try to enter a competition or two. Uh, no,
0: there will be none of that. <laughs> none of that. So uh, anyway, hey, I forgot to tell you last week about this. I wanted to mention this on the podcast. So uh, a few weeks ago, I'm having uh, coffee with Joey, uh, uh, Joey Greer at uh, Forgotten Coast. So um, I've now been to Forgotten Coast, your place, twice, which oh, yeah. is no longer Forgotten Coast. They forgot their name and they changed it mm-hmm. to, what is it now?
1: I don't know. I haven't been there in a while. Oh yeah, I've honestly. been there in a
0: minute. Okay, it's break or something I like that. I told you I'm on. A, yeah.
1: I have a new. I'm on a new. Oh, that's right. What moment. is it? It's
0: uh the boba tea. The boba tea. Yeah. You and your new trend. Yeah. Okay, so I go to Forgotten Coast and I don't know what to get. They've got things on the board, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I they're too. They're too cool for me to even know what they are. Uh-huh. So I just go, well, uh, I, give me a glass of milk. I hear, <laughs> No, I keep hearing about, like, I hear all these language like, you know, cold brew, dr- cold drip, uh-huh. pour over, da-da-da. So I go, oh, just give me a pour over. I don't even know what that means at this point. Uh-huh. So I go sit down. Lady brings me a pour over. You know what a pour over was? <laughs> it was a mini, it was basically the hotel size, <laughs> hotel room size pot of coffee oh for God. me to pour into my own mug. Is that all a pour I, over no, is? No,
1: no. No, because I was
0: like, "This is just coffee." You're ju- you're Why just, did you just, you're just give describing a name? the way it was presented to you? <laughs> so was it made in a special way behind me, out of yes. sight? Yes. Yes. It probably took
1: a minute. For them to whip up. It did take a minute. Yes. So but back. I was like, when I got it, I
0: poured my own cup of coffee from this personalized yeah, yeah, they, coffee pot yeah, they bring into my a mug. Little,
1: a, little on a little serving wooden. tray. Yeah, a little it, charcuterie board. <laughs> yeah, it
0: used to be a cedar plank salmon board, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't know. S- That's like and a hipster <laughs> trend for coffee right now is to have that. And so they brought it out, and I, put, I'm like, yeah. wait. This is a pour over co- I think I'm doing the pouring over, and it's just coffee poured into my mug. That's called just, you know, no, a cup some, of coffee where I come some from. That's from real
1: craftsmanship going in behind the scenes. Oh, come But, on. but that, that is a little much. I agree. What I happened so behind me
0: that I didn't see? What, the, what, what, what artistic flair did I just miss? Are, you
1: got to go to Focard and again and watch them. Watch them behind the counter. Make the pour over.
0: Make the pour over? Yes. It's something more than pouring coffee into a cup. Yes. Okay. It's specialized. Because I, in my mind, every morning I now have a pour over <laughs> <laughs> that I make at home oh, on, my Mr. Coffee, <laughs> on my Mister Coffee, on oh my Mister Coffee coffee maker. Uh, All right. So
1: anyway, we wandered. <laughs> I don't know how many, where we're at. but uh, We wandered. We All right, are, So I do CrossFit. James swims. Why, why do you keep coming back to that? I'm just I'm just recapping them. <laughs> yeah, I'm the still substance waiting here. I'm still waiting on my gift for
0: you. Caleb promised when I started swimming that he was going to buy me jammers for my oh, for yeah. my
1: next gift. <laughs> I I literally I just wait for your birthday. Jammers for have, those of you. I, I what are jammers a, for those for those listeners who don't know? The the tight like they look like little biker <laughs> shorts. Uh that swimmers wear, yeah. in order to, to stay. Yeah, they're
0: basically spandex as a yeah. swimsuit. Yes, and you think you're yes. going to get me jammers? Oh yes. Or you think I, I, I should say different? You think I'm going to wear the jammers that a you note get me on
1: my phone right now? That's titled <laughs> James' birthday and different things that I have ideas for giving you. <laughs> this is the
0: hey. This is this is so nice. I'm going to forget about your non correspondence with me that we talked about last week. Yeah, you you know, thank I, you. I like. I like you got to a whole good gifts. You got a note. You do give good gifts. Yeah, you're a thoughtful I think about gift it. giver. I think about it. I so. appreciate that. Yeah. All right. What are we talking about today?
1: We're moving on to another uh, figure. Uh, yes. We're, we're talking about figures from church history, and we kind of skipped like 2,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> we went from Perpetua at the end of the 2nd century yeah, to, to Dietrich uh,
0: Bonhoeffer in the, uh, the, of the 20th, 20th. century. <laughs> yeah, so. And now we're going to move backwards
1: to an Third almost century. kind of
0: overlapping almost with yes, Perpetua. Yes, very close.
1: Very close to Perpetua. Uh yeah we we've been talking uh kind of saints from the past people to to look at their life and be inspired by while so realizing they had their own faults too um we're trying to let people be who they are in their own time and place um which is part of studying church history is realizing they were sinners like you <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I was you always wonder about this what are people going to look at I look what I write and do and stuff, you know, 2,000 years from ago, if anybody digs it up, you know? <laughs> yeah. What are people going to be, be like? They're, they're going to be they're like, gonna I gonna hope that guy never wore
0: those jammers.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're going to be listening to this podcast and be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Should we even put these guys in yeah, the history Yeah, these guys check? are so,
0: like, like profane.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> no, we're not profane. I
0: don't think so either, but I'm saying we maybe, maybe in a thousand years, We may 1,000 years. Absolutely, that's true. Right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's my point.
1: Yeah, so we're trying to let people be uh, – their own. But we also, I believe that uh, since uh, God established his church, that there wasn't like, it's always been. (laughs) There's always been a steady stream of God's people in every age. Hmm. Um, And uh, even age is not our own. And so looking at the story of... You might call it a uh, a remnant. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A remnant for sure. Uh, But I want to look at uh, but this is our story. I mean, these people are our brothers; they're our sisters. These are our heritage, um, and I think they can. I think it can do us good to both look into a context not our own and find points of contact and similarity and encouragement across those times. Yeah. So we're looking at a man named Sipri. at one time. At one time, you said your favorite of the early church fathers. I don't know if that's still true. Yeah, I would say probably yes. Yeah, I think okay. I, I think I have been spiritually encouraged m- the most by Cyprian in terms of anybody pre augustine yeah. I spoke over you as you were saying his name. I apologize, Cyprian of Carthage. Yes, Cyprian of Carthage, a North African. Uh, Carthage is in North Africa. It's kind of modern-day Tunisia, which I'm going to be honest, I don't know where Tunisia is in Africa.
0: It's on like the northern, northwestern tip of Africa. Mm, A scholar. Well, it's like two countries above Burkina Faso, I think. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So you've been in the region. I've been in the vicinity. I've probably flown over, maybe. Well, I don't know if I've flown over it. Anyway. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know where it's on the map.
0: It's actually, if you go to the North African tip, so uh, we're going through Acts, right? Paul's about to have his shipwreck, I think, on Malta, right? So Malta, it's, so you have, I can't remember what body of water that is, but if... Malta is kind of the southern tip of Italy, uh, or like an island off the coast of Italy. And uh, just, it's like right in between the the southern tip of Italy and the northern coast of Tunisia or Africa
1: there. So so it's
0: really close to to Malta there where we will read about Paul's shipwreck.
1: Yes. So Cyprian is born in 200 AD. Uh, So this is, he's born at literally the, the opening of the third century. Mm. Uh, in North Africa, and I think this is important. Like uh, what I'm about to say, I found this really helpful for some misconceptions about Christianity. A lot of times, people think when they think Christianity geographically, they think Europe. Like there's a lot of focus mm-hmm. on you know it's Europe. You hear you know people trying to make arguments that Christianity is really a predominantly white person's religion. You know in its origins. Yeah. And uh, the the story of the other church just debunks that historically. Yeah. Uh, pretty emphatically. So. Obviously, the church was founded in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. uh, but its growth, primarily, one of the biggest places it grew was in North Africa. I mean, some of the most important hubs of Christianity were in North Africa, Alexandria and Carthage here. Yeah. So like
0: Tertullian, Origen, uh, obviously Uh, Augustine in the 4th century. You've
1: got, so Tertullian, who came before Cyprian, Mm -hmm. um, was a North African bishop. Then you have Cyprian, obviously, and you have Augustine, so... I mean, we're talking about some of the most important, both people in terms of Christian leaders (laughs) in the church.
0: Oddly enough, like I mean, Augustine obviously being the foremost historical figures and the most well known of all of them. One of the most important Christians, probably right. And Augustine. I mean, you're talking about the father in many ways of Western philosophy and Western civilization in a lot of ways. So even that which we think of as white man's. Religion or, uh-huh. or Western, or of European or Western, Western society, cult. so much mm-hmm. of that is shaped by the thinking
1: yes. of Augustine. Yes. So, just both in terms of influence of really influential people and masses of Christians, North Africa becomes a very important mm-hmm. origin story for the growth of, of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And Cyprian is obviously a part of that. So, Cyprian, born in the beginning of the third century, 200 AD, and he's born into a A very wealthy and powerful family. Uh, He was upper class for sure. Uh, Not not
0: unlike Bonhoeffer we talked about last week.
1: Yeah. In his, yes, similar, similar for sure. And Cyprian is born into a pagan family, not a Christian family. He Mm -hmm. wasn't born into Christianity. And uh, he was definitely, from looking at his writings and what he says about himself, he was very highly educated Mm-hmm. Um, many think he, you, before he was a Christian, he w- he was a lawyer. He was, uh, high up in the law. What, did he go to Alexandria
0: for education? I don't know. That was sort I not see that. We center, right, of Yeah, the... We don't,
1: we don't know. He doesn't okay. give a lot of his education, like credentials. Um, we just know from his, the way he was writing, mm-hmm. uh, you had to have a very good education in some yeah, of the um, okay. things he was doing. So very highly educated and, um, uh, he, so he, he lives most of his life not as a Christian. He doesn't get converted until he's 46 years old. Hmm. Um, so born in, in 200 A.D., he gets converted in 246 uh, A.D., uh, and his conversion was super slow. Like it wasn't like a big, dramatic, one day he encountered the gospel and the next day everything changed. He really struggled with it, uh, kind of coming to it and accepting <laughs> Both in as a thinker, but also as knowing what he would have to give up. So it was very it was a slow cooked conversion, similar to Augustine. Augustine had the same thing. Yeah.
0: Well, and like you would probably think about the the general experience of um, let's say cultural elites in our society who are well educated and intellectual elites and that kind of thing who who come. I mean, you had mentioned a few weeks. Uh, oh no, recent sermon you preached. You had talked about um, Rosaria Butterfield, right? Yeah. Somebody who came out of academia, a mm-hmm. very slow process of coming, yes. awakening to faith in Christ. Yes. So probably similar, like yes. it's not, it's, it's a similar trajectory mm-hmm. in among the intellectual and cultural elites of, you yes. know, the sec, the third century as yes. it is in the 21st century. Yes.
1: So there was a, there was an elder in the church in, uh, Carthage, an older man who was an elder, uh, not just he was old he was also an elder in the church is what i'm trying to say uh, but he the office of elder yes and he befriended Cyprian and was instrumental in his conversion uh, and one of the things that uh, he really struggled with that started to push him towards conversion uh, Cyprian is his dissatisfaction with with his wealth
0: mm.
1: with a life of uh, a life of kind of wealth and luxury and it not being everything he thought it should be for him. Like that, mm-hmm. was a, that was a big part of his kind of coming to the end point of himself yeah. in some ways. So, so listen to how he writes about it. He says, he, he asks this question, he says, when does he learn thrift who has been used, who's been used to liberal banquets and sumptuous feasts? He goes on, such a one enjoys no security either in his food or in his sleep. In the midst of the banquet he sighs, although he drinks from a jeweled goblet, and when his luxurious bed has been enfolded, his body languid with feasting in its yielding bosom, he lies wakeful in the midst of the down. Nor does he perceive, poor wretch, that these things are merely gilded torments, that he is held in bondage by his gold, and that he is the slave of his luxury and wealth rather than their master." So he's, he's basically saying, I, I'm starting to realize, even though I, these, all these things are super enjoyable, I'm enslaved to them. Mm-hmm. I'm enslaved to them in some ways. And, mm-hmm. and he goes on, he says, How can they follow Christ who are held back by the chain of their wealth? They think that they possess when they are rather possessed. He was the head of uh, Tyler Durden, who said
0: in the movie Fight Club, or the book Fight Club, the things you own end up owning you. Hmm. You were waiting for that Cyprian, Brad Pitt, Tyler Durden
1: sort of, hey, that, like uh, connecting of the dots to there happen you go. today. I know. There so. you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's really, he's really mess. He's really kind of getting to the end of his own. There's an almost pleasure Solomon, with himself. Yeah, it's like a Solomon Ecclesiastes kind yeah, of insight. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and but through this elder, he eventually becomes converted, and this is this is. Uh, Cyprian, writing about his conversion, he says, quote, "For as I myself was held in bonds by the innumerable, innumerable errors of my previous life, from which I did not believe that I could be possib- possib- okay. from which I did not believe that I could, by possibility be delivered, so I was disposed to acquiesce in my clinging vices." And because I despaired of better things, I used to indulge my sins as if they were actually parts of me and indigenous to me. But after that, by the help of the water of new birth, the stain of former years had been washed away, and a light from above, serene and pure, had been infused into my reconciled heart. After that, by the agency of the Spirit breathed from heaven, a second birth has restored me to a new man. Then, in a wondrous manner, doubtful things at once began to assure themselves to me, hidden things to be revealed, dark things to be enlightened. What before had seemed difficult began to suggest a means of accomplishment, what had been thought impossible to be capable of being achieved, Mm. so that I was enabled to acknowledge what previously, being born of the flesh, had been living in the practice of sins, was of the earth, earthly, but had now begun to be of God, and was animated by the spirit of holiness. And he goes on to say, all our powers of God, I say of God, from him we have life, from him we have strength, by power derived and conceived, from him do we, while yet in the world, foreknow the indications of things to come. Hmm. Okay, so that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> there's
0: some beauty in there's so much of that. Beauty. Like, like I, I mean, that first part where he's talking about clinging, uh, I was disposed to acquiesce in my clinging vices. And because I despaired of better things, I used to indulge my sins as if they were actually parts of me and indigenous to me. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, you hear him talking about the struggle of, like, that tendency that we still, that humanity still has. Like, we're not all that, (laughs) we're not so evolved, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That we have this tendency to build an identity out of our sin. Yes. That... That our sin becomes so familiar and it feels so native to our personality that we cannot even imagine being
1: without it. Sin was more than mere acts; it was a state of being for him. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was. Uh, I, I, I shared this with uh, one of uh, my cohort this week. We were talking about John five, and um, uh, I had watched the uh, an episode in the chosen uh, the second season. I haven't actually finished the season, so I was I was returning to it and and picked it up and. I think it's like episode four or five, and it's telling the story there, or showing the story of John chapter five, where you have this crippled man at the, at the pool of Bethesda in the in the in the temple, kind of. Uh, and the colonnade or whatever. And and every time the water gets stirred up, the the, the the cripples and the lames and the beggar, like they all try to get into the water where they're going to find healing. And for 38 years, this man lies an in invalid and can't get to the, into the water and can't get healing. And, and Jesus comes up and, and Jesus is going to heal him. But mm-hmm. Jesus' question to him is, do you want to be healed? Mm-hmm. Which is such a, seems like an almost patronizing question to a yeah, man yeah. who's been crippled for 38 years. Yeah. And, uh, and so we were just talking about that question, and, and it's interesting to read Cyprian's insight here because one of the questions we were just talking about together is what, like, there's a real question of, like, do we actually want to be healed? Can yes. we imagine being so alive to God and allowing God to do such a work in our heart that the sin or the things that cripple us mm-hmm. internally, behaviorally, whatever, like do we actually want to be healed from it or do we identify with it so much yeah. that we don't want to be apart from you it see without this,
1: it? You see this really played out more in Augustine in the mm-hmm. Confessions where he, he really wrestles with, I really love my sin, and yeah. I don't know if I want to do this. Right. Like, I don't right. know if I want to be transformed in this way. Right. Um, and, um. So, and so Cyprian here is he's recognizing that enslavement mm. and saying in his conversion, when he's finally convert, converted, it's not only that he's forgiven, it's that now he feels the new power of grace within him. Mm-hmm. When he talks about what things that were things that I could that I failed at mm-hmm. all the time, now I can start to see the power to accomplish them. He sees a mm-hmm. he talks about the new man. He sees this kind of transform transformation of who he is. He is by nature mm-hmm. at this point with new power to fight sin in ways that was impossible to him yeah. before. I like. I, I wonder.
0: I, I don't know if I'm reading into this you know more than maybe I should, but like sometimes I think when we it's like we'll'll we'll, we'll think about the idea of like when somebody's wrestling with the reality of Christ and and the claims of Jesus and and they're thinking their way through that, and they're having a hard time just willfully, deciding i want to follow jesus cuz they're concerned about what all that might mean and mm-hmm. and do i have to believe this thing over here to follow jesus or that thing over there that I, i'll feel intellectually silly or mm-hmm. whatever and and some of that it's like it's like we want people on the front side of christianity want to have all the questions resolved before they would say yes to jesus mm-hmm. and i wonder if it's like I, I i think so often we try to make too many other points like we have to make other dominoes fall before they can follow Christ. When if mm-hmm. you'll just make the, if the, if, if it just becomes about a person deciding to embrace and follow Jesus, whatever that means, not knowing what it will mean, yeah. but deciding that it doesn't matter what it means. I'm going to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then it's, as you do that and you step into life with God and you, 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 you willfully along with in this, Intellectual sense, and then the willful sense, and the emotive sense. You put your weight down on Christ, and you go, yes. "I'm going to go all in here." And then this newness starts to emerge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It you don't get it all uh, prior to yeah.
1: a decisiveness to follow Jesus. Yeah, this comes from faith, right? From the from the beginning of faith. Yeah, you start to see this new man form. Yeah. Now, and what's beautiful about all that is that Cyprian at the end here says, that's all of God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Cyprian is, he is attributing all of this, not to himself. I'm mm-hmm. kind of figuring it out, yeah. but to uh, all of my power is from God. Yeah. All of our holiness is from God.
0: He Derived says. from, conceived from him. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is.
1: Okay. So here he is, a brand new question at 46 years old, right? Which, by the way, can I just make a point of reference
0: to your sermon on Sunday while we're talking about this as sure. his conversion? I just loved the emphasis on the absolute stunning miracle, not just of the crazy testimony, Mm -hmm. but of anybody who has the, quote, boring testimony. The miracle of grace of being raised in a family in a stable home being, what did you say, uh, not just uh, the grace of... The grace uh, of being
1: from many sins, not just out of many sins. Yes,
0: yes. And that so resonated with me because I feel like in so many ways, that's been my story. Like I, I had the grace from God of being saved from so many sins. I've committed my fair share. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, and I, and my struggle obviously rages on. Um, but, but, I, I wanna like I, I love that emphasis of of what he's saying here that it doesn't matter what kind of person that miracle is wrought in, it's a miracle for yes. everyone who experiences newness yes. of life in Christ. The,
1: again, there's so. there's such a supernatural vision of what salvation is yeah. here that we we've got to emphasize and yeah, recover yeah, yeah. and think through well. Okay, so you got this this guy, he's forty six. Which I, which is a, to me is is another point of miracle. I mean, he's, I he's, he's not a young guy who's, like, who's who's being formed as kind of a young person. Like, this is a guy who's very well educated, very wealthy. Yeah. Like, he's he's set, and he's older. And, like, I'm not saying he's super old, but you don't see a lot of people change their whole direction and worldview at 46 years old. Yeah. And 46 was older
0: in the third century than oh, it is today. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So, definitely.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, he's a new Christian, and something kind of just circumstantially wild happens. He's he's very well known in the church because he's such kind of a uh, high-profile conversion. He's very smart. Um, he's, he's, he's the Kanye of the third century. I'm not, no. I'm, I'm cutting that one off. We're not comparing Kanye West's supposed flirtation oh with Christianity to, I'm sorry, St. Cyprian's. You mentioned Cyprus. the high-profile. I, I was just going with it, sorry. Okay, so... <laughs> So Cyprian is in the church, and two years later into his conversion, so he's he's converted in 246. In 248, the bishop of Carthage, of Carthage, his name's Donatus, he dies. And the bishop Shit. is like the, kind of the the pastor of church of pastors. The pa- I mean, he's at this time the, he was over a region mm-hmm. of. Uh, Bishops
0: churches. were sort of overseers of groups of churches. Yeah, of in, really regions in, in like of. Like, yeah. yeah. um, did he immediately? Did I read the, the like? Is my understanding of this wrong? Did he immediately essentially sell or either uh, give away much of his wealth to the poor? So, or was that
1: later? Now he he for sure does some of that. But the most kind of known time he did that, which we'll get to here in a okay. second, is when there's a plague that hits the city. Okay. Um, but so, in, so two years into him being a Christian, uh, the bishop in Carthage dies, and the, the church they want him to be the new bishop, and uh, and he says, absolutely not. I'm I'm much too young, and I'm much too young in my faith. Like uh, I should like this should not happen. And, uh, and, but the, the, they insisted, and they, they basically pressured him into doing it. And so he becomes the bishop of Carthage, basically the, the top dog mm-hmm. in the church um, at that point, and, uh, which is just incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very wild circumstance for that. Um, another wild circumstance is,
0: which may speak to the, uh, the sort of pathology in the church that wants to thrust, uh, even if newly converted, like, you know, high profile people yes. into positions yes. of leadership, yes. whether or not they're, yes. this is not to say he's not qualified. I yeah. obviously don't know if he was, but, yeah. but like we kind of rush yeah. to that sort
1: of, yeah. uh, part of it is it's a natural, you see somebody who's really gifted yeah. and you, you want, you want to speed that process up, yeah, you sure. know? Um, but so another big circumstance is within two years of becoming bishop, the at this point the the biggest and most significant persecution of the persecution of the church in the roman empire uh takes place kind of state sponsored yes so prior to 250 ad there was persecution but it was very localized and it was kind of sporadic um especially like nero was probably the biggest uh, persecution or you know that's much earlier first century but after that, yes, there's persecution, but it's very localized. This in 250, you get a, a empire-wide empire-wide mandated basically uh, persecution where uh, the emperor Decius uh, he wants to kind of reinforce the pagan system um, in order to to please the war gods, and uh, he basically demands that every citizen must make sacrifices to him and the pagan gods, mm-hmm. no questions. Um, or you would be the idea being or
0: that their waning way of life. Let's say in Rome, like things weren't going awesome in the empire at the time, and that's the result in his mind of the infidelity to the gods, as it yes, were. Yes. And so they're trying to do yes. s- like empire-wide compelling. They of thought people Christianity to make was one of the
1: reasons the, right. the empire was declining. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the gods were not happy. Yes. And so he tries to basically enforce this politically. And this lasts for about 18 months, and uh, during that time, Cyprian decides uh, to flee. So he flees, and he kind of goes into hiding, but still still tries to manage the church through letters from hiding. <laughs> so it was, it was a, he, he, he basically sat on the, that text where Jesus says, flee into the hills when you see something coming. I think it's from the Olivet Discourse. Um, and uses that as justification for uh, basically going into hiding, but still leading the church. And it was controversial. Some people thought that was a good idea because they didn't—they didn't want him to be killed. Um, others thought he's being a wimp. Um, so, well, and he certainly—I mean, again, higher when you've got
0: state-sponsored, empire-wide persecution. Uh, and the idea wasn't to kill all the Christians. The idea was to. Uh, Force compel to come their back to their the yeah wives. their allegiance or their yeah. sacrificing whatever though if they refused and held up under the persecution it could lead to them killing so yes. for somebody like him he's at greater risk as a high profile individual yes. and a high profile leader yes. in the
1: church yes and and again he's brand new at this he's barely a Christian like it's a couple years in and he's having to to make these decisions yeah. Um, But so he flees. This is one of the reasons why we have so much from him is because we have a lot of those letters that he was writing, um, which is we have a lot of material from him. And uh, so after 18 months, that persecution ends. Um, I think I I didn't look into this more. I forget. I I think the emperor got killed in battle, and a new one was more lax who came in. Um, But so Cyprian comes back, and a, a... and a very important controversy within the church broadly takes place, which Cyprian Cip- is at the front and center of. And thank God we've settled this one. <laughs> well, he's in a few controversies, <laughs> so I don't know which one
0: you're referring I'm to. I'm assuming the baptism one knows. No, it's no one. I'm not this is getting, later, okay? <laughs> I'm not getting into that.
1: There's, there's all sorts
0: of stuff we could do with Cyprian today that okay. I'm not going to do. Okay, yet. my bad. Um, you can look up Cyprian baptism controversy, I don't know, like something like that. You'll probably find plenty of things.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. Make sure you know what you're reading. But, um, <laughs> so he gets back, and there's this, there's this big controversy called the lapsed controversy. And what that was about is during that time of persecution, uh, here's something, that, and this, this is why it's important. A lot of times we romanticize how faithful the early church was to uh, persecution and suffering and martyrdom and, and that sort of thing it's uh we can we can act like everybody had courage all the time and you know they were perfect and mm. the truth is they weren't so one of the big issues for cyprian was there was a lot of people who they gave in they offered the sacrifices to the gods yeah. in order not to be killed their families not to be killed uh, it was serious i mean I, I say rah rah you know great for them I, if my son was going to be on the line, and me on the line, and my wife on the line, I, I hope God would give me courage to do the... You know, but it, it's, it's, it's messy, man. It's really messy. It wouldn't
0: messy. be hard to talk yourself into going, I can do this and still yeah. love Jesus and worship yeah. Jesus and just placate
1: the state yeah. and avoid the... But to watch my child get hurt or something right. like that, that's different. Yeah, it, it was complex. And so you have some people who just straight up apostatize in terms of they offered the sacrifices. You had others who... They somehow worked out a deal where they, they, could, they burned incense, but they didn't offer the sacrifices. And you had some people who basically bribed officials to give them a, uh, basically a, cer- a certificate like they had done the sacrifices, no, they Without really hadn't, to get off the hook. So in the church, as the persecution is coming to an end and after Cyprian gets back, you've got these two groups of people in the church. You've got this one group of what's called confessors. Which were people who were faithful, who refused the sacrifices, and who were persecuted for it. They were either maimed or, or beaten. Mm-hmm. Many of them had lost family members—you know, their their wife, their kid, their their husband, or something—and uh, on and account these, of
0: Christ, they incur, they endured great suffering yes. of different kinds.
1: And you've got all of these. This other group called, uh, basically, the what later was called the lapsed, who they had not. Mm. They had not. They had basically mm-hmm. given in, and they wanted to come back into the church. Mm-hmm. And it was a very contentious thing yeah. uh, for them to just be welcomed back in after they, in the, the confessor's view, just apostatized. Yeah. Very, very contentious. And Cyprian is trying to, in the midst of all this, partly do this, handle this situation from exile, sending letters, and when he gets back. But uh, someone, in, someone there, when he's not there, uh, some, a lower official in the church, decides to come up with a, with what he thinks is a brilliant mediating position. For the record, this was a more
0: intense kind of conflict and infighting than masks or no masks.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> this like, was, like, this you're, puts you're not anything a we've experienced on steroids. Yes, yes. Yeah. very contentious. And so this, uh, this lower official in the church decides to come up with this mediating position, uh, basically where where those who were confessors who had endured the persecution could give out certificates to the lapsed basically forgiving them and letting them back into the church so you basically had to get a certificate of forgiveness called a certificate of peace um, from a confessor if you were elapsed to be gotten to be brought back into the church okay Cyprian was a was, he was not into this. He did not like this. But, it, but by mob, basically, rule, this became the thing. And this was a larger problem than just Carthage. Just was going on all Congregational over. Congregational governance. Sure. <laughs> and uh, it became, as sinners can do, a, a, a big mess, mm. which is you've got these confessors who now are emboldened as judges, basically, of who they're going to give certificates to and who they're not. Mm. There becomes kind of a... I mean, does this um, become like... Indulgences, almost. It becomes like, yes, basically yeah. a gel, get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a black market of fake ones that are being <laughs> produced. Like a, a, a if a martyr died, crypto. <laughs> uh, 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 crypto. <laughs> yeah, <I> just, <laughs> if a martyr died, there would miraculously appear ones that he had left. You know, that were mm. fake. You know, so it just became this big mess, mm. and of uh, basically cheap grace, honestly, and. Uh, so Cyprian gets fed up with it because Cyprian wants to move the conversation more. Cyprian was pretty strict on the on the laps, but he wants to move the conversation more to, uh, we don't need to be focused on giving out these certificates. We need to be focused on, do these people actually, are they actually repentant of their sin? Mm-hmm. Like, are they actually showing actual remorse for what they've done and not just getting their, getting their get-out-of-jail-free card and getting back into the church without really having to show and be restored in a spiritual way? Mm. um to the lord. And so he wants to to move the the conversation there because there there were like people who would they'd go do the sacrifices and then go get a get one of their certificates real quick and come in and take the lord's supper and it was just like quick quick bang bang and he just he thought that was no good. Yeah. He, he was really upset about that. And um boy the church has always been complicated, hasn't it? Yes, it has. <laughs> it definitely has. And so he wants to put more on the mercy of God, and this was hard because he wanted people to see he wanted to see visible remorse mm. and kind of uh uh turning and repenting sorrow repentance, over yeah. over their sin um he some of the things he writes really turn into penance, mm-hmm. which is not the same thing as repentance and yeah. become some of the seeds of a later what I, what I would call very unbiblical idea of penance that is more attributed to the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. But So he, he's trying to move more to the direction of they need to be restored spiritually, not just get this certificate. Um, and that's kind of where he stood on that cont- controversy uh, in the church. Okay, so that's all happening within three or four years of him uh, becoming a bishop and a Christian. So just a whirlwind of a, of a time for for Cyprian. And then another huge event happens. 253 A.D., a huge plague breaks out, killing thousands in Carthage. Mm. I mean, the bodies were piled so high, they, they didn't have graves for them. They just ended up burning these big uh, piles of bodies. Um, some, some scholars think it, was, it might have been smallpox that had broken out. Mm. Um, but in the midst of that tragedy, it was a huge huge time of growth for the church Mm. in Carthage. Massive.
0: Partly because of his leadership that was, this is a little bit of, some of my my limited familiarity with Cyprian comes from uh, some reading on probably this stage of the early church. And um, he was, if I'm not mistaken, instrumental in the whole idea of leading them to care for the poor and the sick and the, the destitute and so yes, forth. Yes, he was
1: very he's very big on that. And and so, one of the reasons for huge growth is the Christians were the ones who were caring, caring for, for the, the ple- yeah. putting themselves in harm's, harm's way, way. Um, yeah. and in the disease basically to care for those who were uh, who were dying and sick. Mm-hmm. And Cyprian was on the on the front end of that in terms of. Remember, we said he was a very wealthy guy. He he came from wealth and status, and he had inherited an estate, so he had lots of he had lots of resources and he used a ton of his wealth at this time to try to care for uh, the poor and the sick hmm. um, and many people came to the church uh, during that time during that time of, of yeah. plague, which is amazing um
0: it, instrumental i think for him as just a to connect to last week and what we talked about with Bonhoeffer. Uh, we talked a lot about the cost of discipleship and the, um, uh, specifically, the the body of that book being written on the Sermon on the Mount from Bonhoeffer. And I think the Sermon on the Mount, similarly for Cyprian, formed his thinking of what the Christian life looked like in real mm-hmm. time. And, um, and, and I think something that is throughout both his own life, ministry, teaching, as well as Bonhoeffer's, was this idea of actually following Jesus. Yeah. Right? The idea that we are imitators of God, therefore, Mm -hmm. as dearly loved children from Ephesians 5, right? For sure. So we don't... We have sort of more common in our day and age is this idea within sort of progressive circles where you can be like Jesus without having to believe in certain things about who Jesus mm-hmm. is and said he was and and proved himself to be in the work of Christ in terms of atonement and mm-hmm. the resurrection and so forth. So this idea that we can just be imitators of Christ uh, without any faith in the real crucified and risen Christ or on the other side where belief just becomes this sense of uh, intellectual affirmation of mm-hmm. or a, uh, a a confession of belief and, yeah. um, Versus this far more robust idea of what it means to believe in Jesus, yes. included the idea of following Jesus, imitating him, living like him, doing the things he did. And so, in the midst of persecution, Cyprian had a a, a, a powerful um, anti-retaliation ethic, mm-hmm. and in the midst of of suffering and sickness and plague, he had a a powerful. Hands-on ministering to the and caring for the needs of of people who are
1: hurting and suffering in this ethic. So, so we're going to cut this our our talk on Cyprian into two, and uh, come back next next week and talk about uh, more, really some more detail about a particular uh, point in Cyprian's life and finish his story. Um, we're kind of in the, mid- the middle of his story at this point.
0: Yeah, so let's do, before we just wrap it up, sure. like, let's give at least a thought on, um, I think two things we've touched on that are worth maybe uh, highlighting. One is um, we, I think, could use a recovery of a far more robust, supernaturalized understanding of conversion Yes. For Christianity.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's something that we, I think, talked about. Yes. I think that's worth thinking about. And it's so consistent amongst early church mm-hmm. conversions when you read them and describe their experiences. Yeah. It is, it is, it's robust uh, in terms uh, of how transformative they describe that spiritual experience. Yeah. Not so in terms that, of just emotion. I'm not talking about having an emotional response. No. But literally we're talking about the literal change of desires and willpower and, uh, aliveness to God and, and coming to a new knowledge of yeah. Christ.
0: Like, it, to point back to your sermon again on Sunday, I mean, you talked about like how critical, like Paul's a thinker, Paul's a theologian. Mm-hmm. He's an apologist Absolutely. for the Christian faith, but he didn't shy away from sharing his story of encountering Christ mm-hmm. and what Christ did to him, yeah. what what the reality of Jesus um, meant for his personal life and how it, yes. how it changed him, right? Yes. So uh, So that was true for Paul. Excuse me. That was true throughout these early church mm-hmm. fathers. So many of these yeah. different figures. I, I will gosh, tell you, Augustine. So true. Yeah, I'll tell you too. It's true when you in the Jonathan Edwards, uh, Martin Lloyd Jones, um, uh, uh, the some work uh, Richard Lovelace on um, on uh, dynamics of spiritual life. All these guys who have written extensively on revival. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that all of those people agree upon uh, and kind of state in their own way, but 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 some of the things that they talk about is that as you research and, and reflect on revivals throughout history, uh, there are uh, what Lovelace calls preconditions, um, or uh, I think uh, Lloyd-Jones talks about them as doctrines that were recovered as a sort of antecedent to... A forthcoming, what would become revival, yeah. and uh, and Lovelace talks about them as preconditions to revival, and they, they identify core doctrines that tend to re- be resurgent in the church um, in eras that precede and then lead into uh, revivals in a given area, and one of those doctrinal uh, resurgences tends to be around conversion that we reco- that the church tends to recover. Uh, a, a much more supernaturalized view yes. of of what conversion is, yeah. that it's not a decision yeah. just that we make. It's not it's not about, you know, saying a prayer. It's not yeah. about this. But we actually start to recover the sense of regeneration, life mm-hmm. from God, um, and, and, and uh, a new spiritual reality, a spiritual yeah. life coming to a person in their formerly naturalized
1: state. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have to be at the expense of or juxtaposed to having a robust intellectual side of the faith right so there's a there's a guy who I've seen do this multiple times and it just so encourages me Um, a guy named William Lane Craig probably the most influential and popular Christian apologist at an academic level in the world okay Uh, two PhDs at top universities in the world he's debated just for the record that's only two more than me (laughs) I just want to say like, two more than me too it's not that far two more than me yeah um, and, I mean, this is a guy who's debated, at every, like, the top levels of, of our intellectual kind of, I don't know, powerhouse institutions in the world, Oxford, Harvard, everywhere. Any famous kind of uh, atheist or, or intellectual who's opposed to Christianity, he's debated. He's the most, he's the most influential guy. Everybody mm-hmm. knows it. And, uh, and yet when you – I've heard him do this multiple times where in, in, in a forum – where he's having a serious intellectual debate about Christianity, he has absolutely no shame, with a big smile on his face, will will share how when he was a teenager, some girl uh, he tapped some girl on the shoulder on the shoulder and asked her why she why she's so happy all the time, and she said it's because of Jesus, mm-hmm. and he went home and, and thought about that and had an experience with <laughs> God and came to faith and like. He'll say that with, pe- with people looking at him like he's an alien in a debate. Like, it, just no shame, knowing this is probably the, the, the most influential intellectual Christian in the world at this moment. He, just has no, he sees no conflict between those right. two.
0: Right. I
1: saw him do that with, on the Ben Shapiro show a couple years ago, where they, him and Ben were debating uh, Judaism and Christianity. Mm-hmm. And Ben just asked him, so in the first place, why are you even religious? And he just, with a big smile on his face, tells this story you know, we need that sort of recovery. I don't have to be embarrassed about my testimony. Like these two things do not have to be, and I don't have to choose either one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, that's That's just so, that's so important. So
0: it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, I was just thinking about this. I, um, this was, this is from a book that, uh, on not really on church history, but on an era of church history, including, um, this, this third century. And, writing about the church in Carthage, North Africa, under Cyprian's leadership. The author says this, that the Christian witness was embodied. It's eloquence. So I love the way he uses this word eloquence Mm -hmm. because he's talking about their behavior, not their articulation of Christian theology or Mm -hmm. doctrine. He's talking about their witness. Uh, He says, it's eloquence was in behavior that the Christians may or may not have explained but that definitely posed questions for
1: the pagans who observed it. Yeah, right. for sure that he has to be talking particularly about their their behavior during the plague. How everyone right. was trying to get out of the city and board up their houses, so and the Christians are in the streets carrying people. To, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, okay. So that's that's one dimension. The other dimension I just thought uh, worthwhile is. The counting of the cost. And so this, again, mm-hmm. thematically ties in a little bit to Bonhoeffer's, you know, the themes of some of his writings and ministry that we talked about last week. But, but he, Cyprian didn't run into this cavalierly. No, he did not. This was, this was costly grace. He got it. He understood mm-hmm. it from the beginning. So he took a long time before he decided to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when he decided to follow Jesus, it was all in. It meant yes. everything. It was surrender. It was obedience. It was a life um, that he was no longer his own, it belonged yes. to Christ. Yes. And so that's why only two years in, four years in, mm-hmm. a man like this could make such massive leaps, I think, and such mm-hmm. an impact uh, in the church is because it, you'd be surprised how far total surrender might take you. Yes, um, for sure. We are used to thinking of Christianity in sort of measured incremental surrender yeah. <laughs> and not in all-in total I'm, I belong to Christ mm-hmm. and he's got a claim on every aspect of my life yeah and I think what we see yeah. early on in Cyprian is that there may have yeah. been some things off right but he was mm-hmm. he was devoted he was all in to the point of giving away his wealth mm-hmm. um, to the point of you know putting himself in harm's way and leading
1: yeah so. yeah all right so we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna come take back a, in a break, break. And, uh, and finish up with with Cyprian for you guys for the summer.